beautiful people. This is Cindy Pressgrace with Real Estate and the Adventures of Parenthood. And today I'm going to talk about buying a house. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes, I have owned two houses. Wait, two? Three houses with my ex, um, with my first ex-husband and then two other ones with my second ex-husband. But I've been buying my first personal home. Okay. So now let me tell you the interesting part. It's been so much fun. It's been very, very stressful, extremely stressful. Things that I've actually learned when buying a house, if you've been divorced before, see, I told you I was going to bring the divorce part. You need to make sure the divorce decree. So something that actually bit me in the butt. Yes. So I was granted in the divorce decree that I w I'm sole owner of the property. Okay, I have two years to actually put in my name and all that. Whenever I decided to actually refinance the house and sell it or sell the house and you know what, just happy medium, my ex-husband ghosts me. Yep, because he asked me where was he going to go. Um, we've been divorced for two years now. December will be two years to be more exact. And I told him, Hey, we're moving. Okay. Where am I going? I don't know. Your parents have an extra room upstairs. I mean, his parents literally live like 10 minutes away from me. Okay. So no conversation. We still haven't talked yet. I told him I need a POA so I can actually make this happen, so I can accept the offer and all that. Nope. Okay. So I'm not selling the house. Now I'm renting the house, which I can do, but there's no communication. And that's okay. You know what? I That's one of the reasons I've been, like, really, really stressed because I wanted to sell the house and all that, but I haven't been able to. So, well, accept an offer because of his signature. And I'm going back to the divorce decree. So whenever you get divorced, make sure that you actually do a quick claim deed. Um, in this case, because of my taxes and me being self-employed and all that, back then I couldn't do any of that. And I was waiting till this year so I could actually, I could actually do all of that. I was not planning to buy a house. I'll walk into this property like, oh, you're it. You're it. And then I got approved. <laughs> and like, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And I'm actually looking at it like now as a more of a positive thing. I'm actually moving down the road from my from my other house. And it actually works out. But it's a bigger house, it's it's a nicer house. And you know, but during a process when you're actually having that divorce decree, you gotta make sure that you have all your stuff in order. I mean that both parties agree. In this case, he's in Japan. And we have 14 hours, um, 14 hours difference too. So let's, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he was talking to the kids every single night, but no, I mean, I had to come up with the full closing cost, but yeah, I mean, I'm good. I mean, closing costs, down payment, everything. I mean, so step number one, have you ever been divorced? Make sure that you that you understand the divorce decree, that all parties are fully aware that they have to sign and that they don't ghost you. If not, then you'll have to go back to court. So, okay, now step number two, if you're receiving alimony, child support, make sure that you actually 
have that documentation. If you're, if it's not, um, on a court order document, make sure that you have it through the child support, uh, department of child support services. I think it is something like that. It's, it's our state, not handwritten. I mean, it's not, you have it, you have to have it documented. If not, you have to make sure that you have at least six months of it that it's been, that they pay that uh, every single month so that you can actually use it. But that might be something else that you would have to do. You would need to talk to your lender. All right. Number three. Wait. Uh, child support, divorce decree, child support, alimony, um, investments. If you have any investments and if you invest in crypto, yes, you can actually use your crypto to actually buy a house, to actually for the down payment. But they need to make sure that those funds are sourced. If they can source those funds where those are coming from, that is perfect because that's going to actually be, that's going to be able to help you. But if you have actually deposited that in the past two months, then I don't know what they might ask you though, but check with your lender. Um, everything is very different and it's, it's, it's very particular, but there's a lot of things that can help you out. Okay. Number three, number four, if you're a 1099 employee, and if you're thinking about buying a house, make sure that you are in an S-Corp. S-Corp, not S-Corp, people. S-Corp. LLC that you have, that your company's paying you and all that, so you won't get actually taxed with personal taxes. And I'm telling you that from experience, because if not, you're going to end up paying 30%, depending on how much you are actually making and you are Depends on how much money you make and all that. Make sure regardless. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to make that much money. Make sure you have an LLC and then you're under S Corp. I'm not a tax advisor, but I'm telling you because of experience. Now you're going to be paying a hefty sum. So after April 15th, if you actually buy a house and you're actually under contract and you buy your house after the 15th of April, then you don't actually have to have an actual payoff. Not a lender. I'm not an, an accountant. So just in case letting you know, um, there's different things. Sometimes the lender is going to tell you, you got to pay that sum up front. Yep. And it could be painful. All right. So those are the things that you're actually having to look at. If you find yourself in a situation like mine, well, then in this case, all right. So I have the first month, second month and all that. What am I doing actually to help me buy this house? Am I paying for the full amount? No, I'm not. I'm actually using this house that I'm living in right now is paying for my new house. You're going to be like, what? Yes, it is. That is actually happening because I have equity, um, but I'm not doing a cash out refinance. I'm not doing any of that because I need my ex-husband to sign um, on things so I can actually put in my name, but I'll deal with that after I close the house and I have other projects in mind. But in this case, I'm staying the same monthly mortgage, but I'm covering that. But this house is going to be paying for itself, and then it's going to be helping me pay for the other house, which is amazing. Plus, I have child support on that. Then it actually goes a wash. Same thing I'm actually doing with my new car. I haven't, I have not purchased a car yet, though, just in case. I have not. Do not buy a car where you're while you're buying a house, though. Do not do that, people. Do not. I, I repeat, do not. Do not, do not, do not, do not. That's really, really important. So do not make any big purchases or anything. Another thing while you're buying a house, yes, sometimes the lender, the the builder will work with you and they will not work with you. 
depends, especially if you're looking at a builder's agent. If you're looking at a builder's agent, they're going to look for out from themselves. They're not going to look out for you at all. Why is that? Because let me finish with a lender first. It's not always good to use the lender, the builder lender. Why is that? Because they're going to be, oh, we're giving you the best rate. And then all of a sudden you see like junk rates. I'm like, what? Why are you, why are you charging me for, for, for points? When I actually have this lender that is actually shop for rates. It's really, really important for you to shop for rates. I got pissed at the other, um, at the other lender because once you break that trust, I cannot trust you again. Trust is very, very important for me, especially in a big transaction that is one of the most expensive transactions in, in, in a lifetime. And some people just buy one property. So take that in mind. Consider shop for the best rate. And if your agent tells you I've used this lender before, recommendations and all that, he sent me three lenders. One of them told me, you know what, just go ahead and use your buddy. Um, he's, he's the one that is doing actually my loan. And the reason I used him because I trust him and he was giving me the best rate too. So that for me was very, very important. It's not about always the lender's credit because at the same time when you're actually using the, the lender credit plus the builder's credit, they actually screw you over. You have an alternative to use that lender, that lender. And sometimes they will tell you, you know what, um, we're not going to extend it, blah, 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 blah. You better get a good agent. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Another thing that I've actually recently learned is when you're actually buying, I mean, when you're actually buying new construction, do not go directly to the agent, to the new construction agent. Because if you're having a house to actually buy a house and then they, you need to sell your house, they're going to tell you, go to Open Door, go to Knock, go to Redfin. You know how much money you're going to be losing? You lose between fifty and $75,000. If you're thinking about selling it yourself, you're crazy. Not in this market. This market has been tough. It's it's insane. Um, but I'm telling you, you find a reliable agent. That is really, really important. Making sure that you are tr- that you can trust that agent and that you're getting top dollar for your property. I've been working with this client. Um, I've been helping this client get a house for the past year and I've been looking at it. And honestly, I still haven't found a house. But I mean, there this this people that they're actually I found out that this family is actually moving into September and they're selling their houses with open door. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're kidding me, right? It's insane. No. I mean, and a lot of people just say, oh, no, it's an easy process. But, yes, it could be an easy process. But at the same time, how much money are you leaving on the table? And that is so, so important. I mean, it's just like, look, if you have $75,000 to spare, just, I mean, then, I mean, I'll send you. I'll send you my Zelle. Send you my Zelle, my Venmo, Cash App, whatever you want to do. I mean, if you if, if that's okay with you, that's fine. And that's what's going on with a lot of people in this market. I mean, when they're selling their homes. I know this is buying a home and all that, but it has to do with what are the options for you to manage and what are the options to get the best for your money? Can you negotiate seller, um, closing costs? Mm, no. Depends on how many offers and how long has it been sitting on the market. Um, another question is what type of loan are you going with? Okay. I'm going to tell you here up front. I had a last week I was working with these buyers for no, uh, since November, November, October. I'm sorry, November, December, January, February, working with them for February till February. Okay, 
They didn't value my time. They didn't value my knowledge. And honestly, it was time to see them out. So I told them, look, you guys got to be realistic. You guys got to be a little bit more open-minded. They wanted to stay in Gwinnett County. Okay, when you're, and I'm talking about Georgia here, and you might not know where Gwinnett County is, but that's a little bit closer to Atlanta. Uh, but they have really good schools. They have, but their budget was, they didn't want to go over 345, 345,000. The average price here in Georgia is 366,000. And I can't wait to see the numbers for February and prices keep increasing. I was being realistic with them. They wanted to go into a raffle. They didn't get it. I got them three properties, new construction properties, and they're like too far, too far, too far. The property that I was like, okay, let's sign a contract, townhome, three bedrooms. I think it's three bedrooms, three bathrooms, 1,800 square feet, brand new, 343000 No, it's too far. We don't want to be there. I'm like, it's going to help. You guys are going to be good there. I mean, let's sign the contract. Nope. We want to be in Gwinnett County because that's going to be closer and we're not going to settle on that. Look, I really hope they find something, but they were wasting my time. It was to the point that I was like, okay, let me just go ahead and, I mean, seven o'clock, five o'clock, after five o'clock. Look, I got my kids after five o'clock. I mean, now I do have a nanny and all that, but they were not listening. They were not listening. They were wasting my time. And I don't want to work with buyers that are wasting, that are not listening and wasting my time completely, especially in this market. Plus they were FHA. So with an FHA loan, it is less competitive. You're not competitive at all. People are going to look at a conventional and a cash. VA, they will not look at it. FHA, they will not look at it. So if they have the option between a conventional loan and a, uh, conventional loan and an, and a cash offer, they'll probably be over, they'll probably be looking at a convention, uh, cash over conventional. And sometimes it depends. I mean, sometimes I will look at conventional versus cash depending on the offer and say, Hey, you know what? This is it. So those are little things that you have to understand. Look, if you don't want to waste your agent's time and you don't want to waste your time and your gas and your, you know, you don't want to get your heart broken, listen to your agent. And I'm telling you this, the house that I just bought is new construction. But in this case, you got to get all your ducks in a row. If you don't have all your ducks in a row, then what are you doing? I mean, and, and sometimes they're not ready. Sometimes, especially with, with rent increasing and everything else increasing now, I mean, there's options and there's not options. So it's going to be, what do you want to do and where you want to be at? Those, those are things that you need to, to think about and, and realize how important that is completely. So, okay. So now going buying a house and all that, that's important. And, let me see what else can I tell you about buying a house. Closing date. My closing date is next week. Uh, probably by the time you guys hear this, I have uh, closed on my property and I can tell you a little bit more about it, but I'm super excited about it completely. Um, okay. So you guys want to know what happened between my and my ex-husband? Nothing. I haven't heard from him. So that's okay. But things like that happen, especially when you're working through a divorce, you might have to go back to court. Or, I mean, there's, I mean, there's different options, but it's going to be, are both parties going to be able to work on this or not? You know, those are different things. So in this case, I might have to take my ex-husband to court, but I'm not ready to do that yet because I mean, he's in Japan and yeah. So there's, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to think about and talk about. And in this case, I, I just deal with it. 
I just deal with it. So always find an agent. And when they ask you for the divorce decree, just make sure that you have the divorce decree on hand and say, okay, this is what I need. This is what I'm looking at. And this is what we need to do. There's another lady I was actually working with for a listing appointment. And her ex-husband was like, oh, she's not going to sell the house without me. He's nowhere to be on that title. All, all he got was the garage, which is awesome. He got the garage and well, if he wants to sell the garage, then that's on him. If he doesn't want to sell the garage, then that's on him too. So that's, that's really important to know your divorce decree, seeing who is on title and always make sure that you have that divorce decree on hand. It is so important because you're going to use that. You're, that's going to be your bread and, well, yeah, your bread and butter. You're always going to have that. You're going to need that on hand because you're going to see your finances. You're going to see everything. I mean, the good thing is that sometimes they don't even ask for blood, but I mean, blood type might be a good thing too, right? It all depends. I'm just kidding about blood type and DNA, but it is, um, buying a house is a stressful process and doing it without an agent. It's even stressier. I mean, in this case, I've had to talk to me, myself and I, and believe me, I've cried a lot. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard, you know, because I mean, my brother is the only one that would understand me. He's the one that actually goes through this all the time when he buys properties over and over and over. And, um, yeah, I mean, everything, when something's meant to be, everything happens how it has to happen. So I'm super excited. I am super excited about this new venture. I'm super excited about this new home. Um, I'm super excited because this is a new chapter for me and my kids. Uh, like I said, it's it's me and the kids, and they're going to have their own rooms. They're going to have a little bit of everything. So I'm really happy about it. Um, it actually gives me time to move out and get the house ready to be rented and move forward. So if you guys have any questions in regards to buying a house, how much down payment you need, when it's FHA, USDA, um, when I was telling these eight on uh, these clients, these buyers were like, Hey, um, FHA is 3.5% plus, um, down payment plus closing costs. When it's conventional, you need 5%. Sometimes they can do it for 3%, but keep in mind, you're going to be paying for that PMI. So you always want to put 20%. When you actually put 25% on a conventional, then the risk is, is less. And sometimes they waive the appraisal and all that, which is awesome. Um, VA, it's zero. I mean, you don't have to bring anything to the table. I think you do have to bring closing costs. I can't remember right now. Top of my head. USDA, sometimes you can roll over. It's 100%, 100%, um, down, uh, down payment. It's 100%. But sometimes you can, if the house appraises enough, then you can roll over the closing costs into the property. The, yeah. So zero down payment, closing costs into the property if it's appraises, which is pretty awesome. But you do have to have uh, a credit score. I think it's 620 credit score and your house limit could be 91,000 and it's like four to six then it's 124,000, which is awesome. So there's many things that you actually have to take that in consideration. There are loans out there that can help you, but you have to see where do you want to live at? Because if you're looking at rural development, that means we're talking about, you know, you're going to have a, your, your neighbors might be the cows. But if you're looking more into city-wise and all that, you're better off doing a conventional loan or cash. And you'll be like, but I don't have the cash. But there's different ways. So I want to do, I do want to get into going into like 
investments and all that later on. So I'll probably do that as my next episode on how to actually use your your income, you know, how to you grow your your real estate portfolio. And that's what I'm actually going to be doing the next couple of months. It's really, really important to help you guys and guide you guys into how to build a real estate portfolio. And you know what? Going into getting that passive income on a monthly basis too. So there's many ways of doing it too. It's like, oh, well, she can do it because no, 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 no. If I can do it, anybody can do it. It's just finding a way and knowing how to do it. I mean, there, I mean, you might be sitting on two or three hundred thousand dollars of equity and you don't even know that. But then what are you doing with that? Keep in mind, cash always has to be moving. If you have this, if this, if you have this two hundred thousand dollar home, it might be worth three hundred thousand. But then, all right, did you know that a lender, if you have, because there's two types of lenders here, there's a traditional one and there's the investor focused lender. If you work with an investor focused lender, that's what I'm going to be looking at into, into my, into this house is you're going to be able to take, give you uh, 80% out of that. And you know what? You could probably be buying a multifamily house. So there's so many, there's so many options. I do want to, and I might be bringing, um, a real estate expert. He, well, he's an investor. He has over 3,500 houses, uh, doors or properties. And this is including multifamily and all that. And he has, he is very, very wealthy, but he is very, very knowledgeable. So that's what I want to be talking about in the next couple of weeks. And you know what? Guide you guys in the best way as possible. So you guys can build your real estate wealth. So this is Cindy Pressgrace with Real Estate and the Adventures of Parenthood. Have a beautiful day. Till next time.